Where else can you go to not only find the information on how to train your dog, but the best deals on training equipment as well? Standing Stone Supply has everything you need to create that next versatile champion from DT system electronics down to even emergency med kits to take with you on your hunting trips. If you need some help with your training program, then their step-by-step -step online course might be a great fit for you, making it a convenient one-stop shop for the knowledge as well as the gear to take your training to the next level. Hit up standingstonesupply.com and promo code GDIY will save you 10%. As someone who constantly travels to new locations out of state to hunt, I have to rely on map scouting before I even get in the truck. Onyx Hunt Maps makes it super easy for me to plan out my trips as well as track my success while on the trip. The offline maps along with the tracking feature and ability to add pictures to my waypoints means I can always reference old trips and hunts to better prepare for the next. When planning your next hunt, be sure to use Onyx to put you and your dog in the best situation you can. Use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20% and know where you stand with Onyx. GDIY profiles are bonus episodes that tell the stories of how your everyday handler got into the gun dog world. You'll hear plenty of examples of what to do as well as what not to do and how they learn from those experiences. These episodes are being put out to tell the honest stories that we as do-it-yourself dog handlers can all relate to. If you think you would be a good fit for a profile episode, please go to gundogyourself.com and complete the contact form and we may get back to you so that you can share your story. Why is it usually form or function when it comes to shotguns? You either hear about the looks or craftsmanship of this shotgun, while that shotgun over there in the corner hasn't been cleaned in two seasons, but supposedly fits and shoots like a dream. Why can't it be both? This is what Upland Gun Company does. They take your own personal measurements and will construct the very shotgun that should handle like a dream while getting you the looks and custom features that only you can decide on. Whether it's a side-by-side -side or over-under, English stock or full pistol grip, custom engravings such as your dog's portrait, even down to selecting the wood grain on your stock. Head on over to UplandGunCompany.com and build the dream gun that you would carry in the field with your dog for many seasons. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the GDIY Profile. Joined with me this time is Anthony Montello. Anthony, how we doing? Doing all right. Staying warm. Yep. Yeah. Where are you at? Go ahead and start off. Put a pin on the map for us. Uh, northeast Ohio. So now we're east of Cleveland. 15, 20 minutes from Pennsylvania. All right. Yeah, it's that, it's that time of year where it's going to start getting cold for you, I reckon. Yes, sir. Yeah. I wish it was colder because I'd like some ice to go ice fishing, but not going to complain. That's something I haven't really gotten to experience or, or try to do yet. Living down here in Tennessee, I don't really get the opportunity much. And Now, I wouldn't assume you would. <laughs> yeah, my, my cross-country travels haven't really presented the opportunity yet, but I'm sure it'll happen. It'll be It's in my future at some point, I'm sure. It, I mean, it's, it's different, that's for sure. Do, do you have some kind of like ice shack, or do you just go out with the good old-fashioned drill and, and set up a lawn chair? Uh, no, definitely have the whole, whole shack. The Garmin Electronics, heaters, chairs. No, we have all of it. The, the, <laughs> the full-on glamping setup, pretty much? Yeah. Yeah, when when the ice thickness permits. Well, uh, I don't think anybody came here to, to learn about ice fishing, even though I'm sure I could pick your brain on a few things on that. But uh, let's go ahead <laughs> and jump on in the dogs. What kind of dog do you run? Uh, I have a German wire-haired pointer. He just turned a year the second of december so he's new he's new still still a youngin huh what made you want to go with the wire hair 
See, I knew you were going to ask this question, so I've been trying to think of my answer already. And I was trying to figure out where I got, how I got there. Part of it was uh, the Hunting Dog podcast, for sure. Um, I don't know why I remember why it stuck with me, but he was like, if somebody asked me what dog I'd have to be stuck with, he's like, to survive with, he's like, I'd pick a wire hair. And so that caught my attention. And then I did look around a little bit, deciding what I wanted to get. And I like to duck and goose hunt, as you already know. So I needed something that was for sure good in the water. And it does get cold around here, so it couldn't be a short hair. Um, so that's kind of how I got there. So were you primarily a waterfowl hunter before even starting to look for the dog? It sounds like that was like your main interest. Is that still your main focus or do you kind of dabble in the uplands now as well? Uh, yeah, that was definitely my main focus. Still is my main focus because we have way more waterfowl opportunity around here. Uh, most of the upland is, I guess, woodcock and, and then grouse would be over in PA a couple, I don't know, four hours away. And then the pheasants around here are just release pheasants. So it's whoever gets them first and then they're gone. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so I had a Chessie slash lab, a mix. And that's originally what I had. I just lost her last October. But so yeah, waterfowl through and through. And then Upland's bonus. So you're like an opportunistic upland hunter, but primarily focus on the right. waterfowl. And, yeah. And, and like how hardcore of a waterfowler? Like I know some guys that they do, they don't miss a day of the season. And then other guys, it's kind of like weekend warrior. Is this like a weekly thing for you? Like how often are you going out there and fighting that cold and, and embracing the suck? I would say every weekend, at least one day, if not two, depends if we can find birds. Um, Scouting is a big part of it. And then, so yeah, when we can't find birds, we go try and find pheasants. That's how that usually has worked. Well, you you said that you did have a dog prior to, to this wire hair. Talk to me about your experience training them. Did you train that one? Did you even use it for, for hunting? Kind of tell me his story. So I got her as a Christmas present my junior year of high school. So... Training was not what I have put into this one by any means. Um, thinking back on that as well. And I remember doing gun intro in a weird way. I had my brother help me. Um, he shot a 22 from like 100 yards away, just at a target, and I was throwing the bumper. Because I was just doing it off of what I guessed. I didn't really YouTube anything. Obviously, this kind of stuff wasn't really around back then. Um, and YouTube was not what it is today. Either. Correct. Like right. the, the, there were some stuff like I know Ethan and Standing Stone right. had some stuff out like way back when, but it is it was definitely not to the degree right. that it is now. I mean, I graduated in 2011, but yeah, so it was not what it is now for sure. But uh, so he I had him shoot at like a 22 hundred yards away that he scooped closer and eventually he was sitting right next to Molly. And then we moved up to a 12 gauge from 100 yards away and got closer. And then we were that was it. I was like, all right, she's good. And then we're done. I never revisited it until it was go time. Same with uh, 
feathers. I don't even know if I ever introduced a bird, really. I think we just went hunting and it was either do it or don't. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I did train her, but not like the proper way, I guess you'd call it. Well, that's definitely not like the worst way I've heard of some people doing gun intro. I mean, for just kind of making it up and figuring it out on your own, you could have definitely done a heck of a lot worse than gradually stepping up with a 22 and then a 12 gauge. I got to ask though, let's fast forward to the wire hair. Did you do the gun intro that way? Uh, did you repeat it? Did it work out all right for you the first time? Um, so I did it kind of different on that one as well, but there was an in-between. My mom had a chocolate lab that uh, I knew my Molly, my old retriever was getting up there so i was like i need to try and get another one in here so i used my mom's dog and that one i did the complete wrong way uh, but it worked okay so <laughs> so we got a couple pheasants from a friend that was raising some we're like oh we'll just do our own little preserve hunt or whatever you want to call it we'll plant these birds and we'll kick them up and shoot them like they were somebody's pet 12 hours ago. <laughs> now we're shooting them. But I didn't know what the lab would do. So with the bird, any of it, she had a good recall. So I wasn't really worried about much past that. So I took her out, let her go. She found a pheasant, flushed it. We shot it three shots right over her head and she grabbed it and brought it back. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so wrong way, but it worked out. Yeah, fortunately, uh, the wire <laughs> knock hair, on wood. <laughs> right, it, it worked out, but she won't pick up a duck. It's the weirdest thing. Um, <laughs> All right, that's a different different story. Um, the wire hair, though, I've been going to a like a sportsman's club. They have pigeons, launchers. They have a dog training night every Tuesday. That's been a lot of help in and of itself, but they'd also have trap the same night as the dog training but like i don't know three four hundred five hundred yards away plus the other older dogs that would be using the cap guns he was just kind of like around it and then it just kept getting closer and closer so i kind of did it the same as the way i did with the first dog just less intentional it just kind of worked into it so but he's he's good the um the other day when I was goose hunting, there was like, I think 10 of us and they, everybody shot over him and he's fine. So good to go. It worked. <laughs> yeah. So catch me up on, on this little sporting club. Uh, you guys link up on Tuesday. Like, are, are these more experienced guys? Are these navda guys? Like walk me through kind of the makeup of this little small group. So it's just the sportsman's club that, they had they put out pheasants and stuff right about now and they had this little kind of just what i said but like that's just a little part of that club they have the whole archery range they have ponds they have camping they have everything your typical sportsman's club would have um i'm not even actually a member yet hoping that happens this may but uh yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's not now. I do do that as well, but 
there are some guys that are more experienced and have uh, AKC. Uh, what's I don't know what the higher end dog would be on AKC for pointers. Yeah, I mean you you got your junior hunter, master hunter, and senior hunter, and uh... master hunter. So there's a couple guys there that have like master hunter quality dogs, and then there's a lot of them that don't even do any of the testing. They just hunt their dog. <laughs> they do what they got it for. So th that's interesting. Like how much when you go to this this sportsman's club? I'm asking because we don't really have that down here that I'm aware of down here in the south. I know I've I've kind of heard about some like up in the Northeast area and Midwest, but so I, it's kind of a foreign concept to me. I'm, I, I kind of just picture in my head, like a hunting preserve or maybe even a skeet range that just has a group of guys that are members that just kind of link up and run dogs. I mean, it's kind of like a um, club almost. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I wouldn't go that far. It's kind of like a recreational property. Like it's got one, two, three, I don't probably six ponds. Some are more marshy, some are nice and kept kept up. Um, they have a nice big clubhouse with a big old fireplace, a bunch of tables, a whole kitchen. Um, then they have probably four fields, probably around 40 acres in total, if I had to guess. Um, Sounds Probably like a, another a, good, a good setup, but like you, you said that you hope to be a member this, this upcoming May. So right. it's like they're an approval process or probationary point or what? Yeah. You have to have a sponsor of somebody that's like already a member there. And then they have to like, I don't know. Yeah. Be a sponsor for you to get an application to then go through the interview process um, and all that to get in. So I have the sponsorship, like I have enough friends there now for sure. It's just getting through the interview process and all that. And I think they only take on 10 a year, if that. Okay. So it's, I could still be just guest appearances <laughs> still all next year. Hey, you know, but, but better than nothing, but I, I kind of like that. And that's what, why it intrigues me so much as we talk about the value of a, of a NAVDA chapter or kind of any training group. This just kind of gives everybody another option to where, Hey, you know, look in your area, maybe you have one of these little sportsman club right. and, and that might be another option for people. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, uh, which, you know, pigeons and launchers can go a long way. Um, that's definitely helped because otherwise I'd be spending however much a trucker is every now to training day, which is only still one or two times a month. If I go to both chapters, that stuff gets expensive, right? It gets expensive. Plus this club, since there are people there that have finished, finished bird dogs, they know way more than me. So I've learned a lot, a lot for sure. So right now, or with, with your dog that just turned one, what are we working on right now? Because like you said, you, your primary focus is waterfowl, but you're an opportunistic uh, upland hunter. And when we talk about pigeons and launchers and NAVDA, you know, that, that can get, you know, real upland bird or dry bird heavy. You know, what, what are we doing right now? What, what are your like current goals for them? Uh, currently would be to pass the utility and NAVDA. Would be my current goal. 
what are we working on right now? Um, just going hunting, just getting, getting out there. Love it. Um, maybe in a month or two when everything freezes up or all the seasons close out, I probably gonna try the whole force fetch game. Cause there's nothing else to do really. <laughs> <It'd> be cold. <laughs> right. There's no birds. Can't shoot them. Uh, the training days don't start till spring, so we have nothing else to do really. Well, talk to me about his hunting. You know, this this is if he just turned one, this is his first kind of real hunting season. How's he doing so far? You know, are you seeing some good stuff? I'm assuming that you're seeing some stuff that you know you're gonna have to work on. But talk to me about like where he's at out out there in the blind with you. So. On the waterfowl side, he surprisingly does pretty well. Like he, I have him tied up on one of those cable gang dry feed series, a little quick release when we're goose hunting, but he doesn't even test it. He just stays in his blind. Same with the, the duck hole. He just kind of stays on his place and will wait there. Um, he needs work on geese. He wants to go pluck them. <laughs> okay rather than bring him back but he's not scared of a cripple there's twice now he's come in clutch because you know you shoot at 10 birds one of them's gonna sail off well both times he's went out there the goose is kind of uh what do you want to call it spread its wings like to get big and then he stops and like looks at it and then he just sucks punches it <laughs> sounds like a wire hair yeah. it and pins it to the ground so i'm like sweet at least i don't gotta run down this goose <laughs> right so so he'll he'll try and pluck geese but he doesn't try to do that with the smaller birds the ducks or anything right yeah and so i think it's just the weight thing we gotta get over but like i have videos and i've had him do it in the driveway he's went and retrieved a goose that i've thrown a real bird so I don't know if it's a fresh bird thing. I don't know. But the smaller ones, he won't do it. But ducks, he's made a couple retrieves on so far. Those are decent for being a puppy. This is first year, so I don't expect perfection. You can't really. And then when it comes to the upland side, though, he needs a lot of work. He, uh, he still thinks he can catch them. If he's within mm, 40 yards, He'll be respectful and like point it and wait. But if he's right around a little bit farther than that, he just thinks he can catch it. Oh, uh, so if he's within 40 yards of you, then he's he'll right. be good. Okay. So, yeah. so this yeah. is a, a thing he thinks that he can get away with some stuff. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is where, um, every time he does it, I think of what, uh, Bob on from Lone Duck says he's like distance erodes control. I'm like, well, there's that. I'm like, that's the prime example. He's far enough away and he thinks he doesn't have to follow the rules. Um, so that's the biggest thing on the upland side we have to work on. Cause he's a pointer, he's supposed to stand there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wave for me. But you know, that that's not truly uncommon for a one year old pointer. You know, when right. when we're talking about steadiness, especially on wild birds, you know, that they're, they're you know, uh, a dog that kind of tests the boundaries. I mean, they're supposed to be testing the boundaries at that age, really, if right. you think about it. And so, uh, you know, that's just something that, you know, in the off season, this is what we're going to work on those pigeons and launchers, you know, that's, that's what they're there for. 
Right. That's where that club comes in pretty clutch. Um, other than that, I mean, that's why I've been trying to get them out on pheasants as much as I can, because I know they could teach him by just getting out of his life, really flying away. He's eventually going to learn to slow down and be a little more respectful, but I don't really know on the upland side what else to work on. I mean, at one, you're, you're, it sounds like you're kind of going in the direction you're supposed to be at, at one. So there's not too much that you can work on right now. Like, you know, I know some people, you know, they, they train year round. Like some people, they'll still hunt, but you know, they just, they just keep training hardcore during the winter. And, and they might have a one-year-old saying that they, they're at this point and you should be at this and that, but one-year-old man, you're doing right in my personal opinion to where you're just taking them hunting right now. And you're going to worry about all that other stuff in the off season. So, I mean, yeah, coming into this off season, yeah, there's plenty to work on. Um, like if I want to do the utility duck search will be one for sure that I'll have to work on. But I also feel like him actually getting duck hunting experience might help a smidge, not a lot, just a smidge. I would say it would help a lot, you know, build up that drive. I mean, I've seen some dogs that couldn't give a flip about a duck in a training scenario and then after a season of duck hunting, going and sitting in the blind and, and just being in in that environment and exposure, they come away in the next season. Next thing you know, they're just fired up to go after ducks. Right. That's kind of my logic is like, he's like, oh, there actually is something probably out there. So he's like, I just have to go find it. I know that you're kind of early in your development and, and what you're, you kind of can work on and what you want to work on right now, but kind of give me an example of something that getting into this and transitioning over into the pointer, what's something that you screwed up on? You know, I asked the same two questions on all these profile episodes. Give me an example of something you screwed up on that you really learned from. Um, I can give you one above. So screw up on would be something that would be a, applicable to all puppies which would be when they're crying to ignore them yeah because <laughs> he got into this habit of two o'clock in the morning he'd start whimpering whining and crying and then we'd let him out so it turned into a every night right. thing mm -hmm. every night something that is drastically different that i had to get used to and i noticed right away is me being comfortable with them ranging like where the labs and the retrievers are 40 yards tops just wandering around around you where he'll hit 120 140 in the blink of an eye and not even care he'd go farther if i you know if you let him yeah that was the hardest thing to get over is just like like you need to be here I'm like at the same time you need to go look and it made me nervous because he'd get out that far and I couldn't see him where I'm used to like my lab if I just whistle they'll circle back real quick where he's just on a mission so that was something that was hard to get used to at first was just to trust that he's still going to be cooperative but he can be cooperative at 100 plus yards yeah, man, that's both of those are actually really good lessons. And, and especially for for new people coming into the space to where if you get that puppy 
and you and you think that oh well the dog's just crying it's been in its crate and you start he will igno- take that in because he will run it the full mile yeah yeah if you let him oh yeah they they learn everything. they learn real quick and every single night you're going to be battling that and I tell everybody like just know going into it that the puppy's going to cry put some earplugs in put the kennel in another room. I don't care what you have to do. Get that dog to realize now. And, but it's a balancing act though. Like when they're puppies and you're working on potty training and they're really young, you know, you got to take them out every few hours, you know, maybe two, three times a night, but maybe set your alarm. Right. At six months, he should be, uh, should have been sleeping through the night. (laughs) Yeah. At six months, I'd say that, yeah, you should have been covered on that one. Me dropping the ball on that one. Right. And, and the range, man, that's such a common thing to where when you deal with these pointing dogs, it's not even so much just the range from a distance standpoint, but just the fact, just get used to that you're not going to be able to see your dog all the time. You know, this is different based on which whichever bird or species that you're chasing. Obviously, rough grouse and woodcock, you know, the dogs can get out of uh out of sight quite often, but I mean, even out on the prairie, you still have elevation change. You still have cattail sloughs. You still have tall cover. Just get comfortable understanding that, that you're not going to see your dog a hundred percent of the time. And that really freaks out a lot of people the first time when they go out and they're like, I, I can't see Fifi. Well, that, uh, that lab that I talked about earlier, the one that I just shot a pheasant over and it worked that one, so after that, I started taking her to public land hunts, and I'd put a bell on her. Once she figured out the game, though, she would hunt farther. Well, she went and chased a flushed pheasant down over the hill, and I couldn't see her. I couldn't hear the bell anymore. So it was about three months, four months later that I bought a Garmin, <laughs> just the, the Pro 550 Plus. But I'm like, I just need to know that, like, the direction is comforting. Like the road isn't that way. So like, yeah, you can be that way that far, but man, a peace of mind. Yeah. Peace of mind is is huge. I tell everybody that asked me about the tracking collars, is it worth the price? And I'm like, man, peace of mind is worth a heck of a lot to me. If you ask me, I'm not going to sit here and say that the tracking collar directly results in more birds or or opportunities for y'all or makes you better hunters but peace of mind and just being able to track it yeah it's way more relaxing it's just like you don't have less to worry about be stressed about yeah exactly glance down oh they're over there they're fine exactly so the you know the other question that i ask everybody on these profiles and you already brought up bob and, and referenced him so maybe this is one of his episodes you know What's some of your favorite episodes, guests, or topics that we've done over the past few years that really stand out to you that's your favorite? All right. So since I listened to your whole catalog <laughs> in the last year, since getting him in February, I've listened to literally every episode. I'm sorry to hear um, that. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it because I've learned learned a lot for sure. Um, so I have like a handful of them. I missed some of your original episodes because of the banter between you and your co-host. Okay. I can't think of his name right now off the top of my head. Alston? Yeah, I kind of missed those episodes just because you guys were both figuring it out. Yeah. So, like, 
I'm like, yeah, he, I'm like, I don't know what to do either. <laughs> you gotta be <laughs> fine to figure it out. Yep. And then there was uh, episodes with Scott. Mm-hmm. He had DKs or DK kennel. Yep. Those were always interesting episodes. Um, and then more recently, the, where everything kind of ties together would be a guy I met at that sportsman's club was telling me about Rick Smith. And he was like, you got to go. You got to go to one of the seminars. It's so cool. And then it was like, he's like, it's in New York. And I didn't put it together. But then like a week later, you posted the episode of Rick Smith. And then I had just like a couple weeks before that gotten through a couple episodes with uh, Mark and Martha. So then when you, I was like, fine, I'll go. (laughs) Cause, and then I didn't, the whole time I was up there at that, uh, what does he call it? It's the basics one. The foundations, I think. Foundation, yeah. Um, I remember the last, or when you were up there, you interviewed a guy named Joe. Oh, yeah, Joe, Joe uh, Hoysinger, co- uh, co- ah, Covert Creek. Covert Creek. Yeah, Covert yeah. Creek. Sorry if I missed that so, up, Joe. <laughs> so the whole time I was there, I'm like, man, that guy looks familiar, sounds familiar. I'm like, here's the camper that they were talking about in the episode. Everybody just stays at this camper in their front yard. I didn't actually put the pieces together until I had left, but that was that was weird, but cool at the same time. <laughs> uh, so that one, for sure. As you know, the trainer fight one was a great one. Really enjoyed that a lot. Man, There's you got a lot of them. You got a lot of good ones. Well, I appreciate that. I mean... Some some of those, especially the Rick and the the trainer fight, I I love that. I I nerded out on that. I said like five words the entire episode, though. I just kind of let them do that. But but there's so much good information in that one. I really enjoyed doing that. Another thing that did kind of was a bummer when I start because I just started listening to all of them. Your guys is uh, you'd host that um training seminar where you'd get a whole handful of trainers there to help with the seminar. I'd be listening. I'm like, man, I know this happened years ago, but that'd been cool. <laughs> yeah, the training camp. It's, I've had a few people reaching out asking asking about that, and we did a couple of them, and uh, it was cool. It was a lot of fun. Obviously, a lot of work, but uh, you know, just just one of those. We might bring it back at some point, but as of right now, it's uh, it's definitely something that that I found a lot of value in, especially where I was at that first one down in North Carolina, especially was like, it was really cool. The trainers had this really nice ebb and flow and a, a ton of good information at those things. Then, um, what other episodes that I like for sure? The, the recaps of your Montana, hunt. but to me that felt kind of like a hunting dog podcast episode. <laughs> it was just banner and a recap. Yeah. Um, and then right before I, either right before or right after i did my na test with jack um you had posted all those about na utility and uh ben with the invitational those were pretty cool because i was kind of deep into that at the moment so you really did just kind of go through and in one year just just binge all of them it sounds like i mean yeah put my airpods in at work under my welding hood and just listen that's awesome. And I find myself every once in a while, if I could tell what you were going to say, because I listened to enough, I'm like, <laughs> here's what he's going to say about that. I'm like, 
here we go again. <laughs> so <laughs> I changed it up listening to somebody else. Yep. I'm like, I'm like, he's about to get on a soapbox. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's, there's a few staples, you know, I'll, I'll try and be a little bit less predictable going forward, but I definitely appreciate the, <laughs> uh, the, the listens through all of it. I, it's one of those, you know, this, I love doing the profiles and, and, you know, you going all the way back to the early episodes with like me and Austin, you know, I, some some listeners reach out and they tell me like there's still some like really good nuggets and and treasures in some of those episodes. I need to go back and listen to some of them, but honestly, I haven't gone gone back and listened to very many of them in in a quite a while. I would say from my standpoint, what I like the most, and it's probably only a perspective that like listening to your whole catalog in a year, it's easier to grab, but would be. The things that you were figuring, you you guys really were figuring it out. You were still training, learning, where I feel like now I'm not saying you're a know-it-all because I'm sure you would agree that you're not, but like you make less mistakes or less of the same beginner mistakes now because you are on your third dog and you have helped so many people and bend all these training things and done all the hunting where back then it was, yeah. Green, to- totally green. Yeah. Well, and, and honestly, like these profile episodes, I, I try to think still provides that relatability because you are right. I mean, there's there's certain things that way back when we were talking and asking questions that like we just kind of assume everybody knows now. It's like it, it, it's kind of like the diminishing returns on curiosity with a lot of people. Right. It's uh, but these profiles, you know, that's that's why I enjoy doing them is letting everybody know that like, hey, you aren't alone. We've all made these same dumb mistakes. That's why I ask for everybody's dumb mistakes. And we can all learn from each other and recognize that not everybody knows how to do this. And then uh, everybody goes about it a million different ways, too. So, you know, it's uh yeah, it, I I kind of I really appreciate that perspective because you are right. When we started this, and and I talk, I've, I've told the story very recently on this podcast. Like, we didn't know squat <laughs> back then, and uh, it really was just let's do a podcast so we can learn that. And that was kind of just the uh, the the mechanism we used to download our information. I felt like you were you were at where I'm at right now, and I like granted I just listened to that this past February, but. I'm like, and I'm like, no, I, good thing he asked those questions because <laughs> he didn't, I was gonna. Yep. Well, I'm glad you, glad you got something out of it. You know, obviously it's, uh, it, it, it harkens back to, uh, an earlier time. And I actually was talking to Austin the other day and, and, uh, you know, he's still doing it for sure, but it's, uh, it, I always enjoy catching up with guys such as yourself that, that have really kind of downloaded it and, and they chase the information, you know, it's not just listening just for the sake of entertainment. Hopefully I entertain everybody, but it's more important to me that everybody actually leaves feeling like they, they got something out of their time as well. Yeah. I mean, I definitely learn something, something every time or see it from a new perspective. There you go. Which really is most of it well real quick man as we wrap this up kind of tell me what what are you doing the rest of the season you just getting out shooting as many birds as you can and and you know getting to winter until you can go hit that ice shack uh yeah we were just discussing earlier what we're gonna do saturday or tomorrow night where we're gonna try and find some birds um i want to learn the grouse game but i just realized this past weekend that it goes out in pennsylvania 
this this Saturday. Mm. So that's probably not going to happen. I'm put that off till next year. Um, so yeah, it's going to be just. I think our duck season leaves too this weekend as well. So it'll be goose season, and then whatever pheasants are left over for the next couple of weeks in PA from the releases, and then yeah, we'll be hoping for ice or doing force fetch or yeah waiting for next year waiting for training season yeah just sitting through winter wait until spring pretty much right and try and i guess listen to more podcasts and try and learn more so next year going into the hunting season maybe i have a better chance of finding the mystical grouse in woodcock because i it's those are birds i've never chased because i've had retrievers like it's never I've never even been curious about it really but I'm like well I got you I'm like so you're supposed to do this job like, <laughs> so let's, let's try and capitalize on it but yeah. let's try it out what's the worst that's gonna happen I go for a walk all day yeah with a gun and my dog yeah that's not but, a bad way to spend a day right <laughs> yeah. even if I end up empty handed yeah well, awesome, man. I, again, I appreciate all the listening support. I'm glad that you you got some value out of all the episodes, and and you know, I'm I'm excited to hear what the future holds for you guys, and and getting out there and chasing grouse. You'll have to keep me updated on y'all's adventures and, and development. I will do that. Yeah, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk soon, man. All right. Thank you very much. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again and year go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want if you're considering changing your dog's food soon then be sure to check out yukanuba pro performance their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance they also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active when looking at all the different food options remember yukanuba to help power their ultimate performance Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.